Good evening. This is the Voice of America in Washington. Welcome to another edition of Reporters Roundtable. I'm Douglas Ngugam. This evening we talk about the seeming thawing of relations between Rwanda and Uganda. And with us tonight is uh, Nelly Mora Nyangororam. He's a Nairobi-based journalist. Uh, Nelly, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Douglas. You're very much welcome. And joining us from Durban, South Africa, is a regular panelist, Suleiman Mugula. He's a, an independent political analyst. Uh, uh, good evening, Suleiman. Good evening, Douglas. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're very much welcome. As I said, we are looking at regional cooperation in the South African region, but looking first at the thaw, seeming thawing of relations between Uganda and Rwanda. Uh, recently in January, Rwanda reopened a border crossing with Uganda that was shattered heavily nearly three years ago, even as tensions rise between the Central African neighbors, fueled by accusations of espionage and support of each other's dissidents. Uh, this uh, resumption of, national, of, of opening of the border, maybe many believe, will lead to resumption of normal trade at the two countries' borders crossing, and is potentially much-needed uh, impetus, according to some, for jump-starting regional economies battered by effects of COVID-19 containment measures. Uh, let me start in South Africa, uh, uh, Suleiman. Uh, these are two neighboring countries, brotherly countries, they say, members of the South African community, but their quarrels never seem to end. Uh, this thawing of relations may be, may, might help. It is very unfortunate because basically two countries should not actually even squabble. Because number one, they are both landlocked countries. Number two, they have got bloody relations. You find Rwandese are in Rwanda, but they are also Rwandese in Uganda. And it's very even very difficult to differentiate the Rwandese from Uganda and the Rwandese from Rwanda itself. So basically we are talking of blood relations. Thirdly, the the principles involved who are a major factor in this conflict, that is uh, Mr Museven and uh, Mr Kagame, both of them are comrades. They fought together in a war which overthrew a government in Uganda. They took power. Kagame was um, was uh, was one of the soldiers who, who was one of the first batch of Ugandan soldiers who raided the country within seven before he decided we decided together with some of his colleagues to proceed to Rwanda and then cause genocide. Uh, fast forward to where we are now. So there is no reason why the two countries should squabble, the two leaders should squabble. No one knows, but it is a question maybe of egos, but I, I think it is not supposed to be there. And it is very costly, both economically to both countries and then even socially to both peoples who are involved. So it is a very unfortunate situation. I see. Uh, Nelly, uh, Rwanda is um, actually a member of the South African community. Uh, both Rwanda and Uganda are members of the regional trade bloc, East African community, alongside Kenya, Tanzania, Burundi, and South Sudan. 
how is the how do they what's the reaction in Kenya when they see these neighboring countries as Suleiman says both landlocked they depend on the ports in Mombasa in Kenya uh, what's the people's reaction over there uh, indeed just like someone said it's unfortunate because uh, we see that uh, these are uh, events that seek to derail the integration uh, because uh, uh, when we have countries that are within the East African community uh, squabbling like that, closing the border for each other. We know even Burundi has also uh, had a thief and closed its border on the other side. Uh, all these uh, work to erode gains made towards regional integration. And, and by, by such kind of events, we see that uh, certain milestones are delayed. For instance, the region had uh, planned to have a common currency uh, come next year, late next year, 2023, November, having uh, uh, ratified the, the East Africa Common, uh, the East Africa Monetary Union Protocol uh, in 2013, and given itself 10 years to progressively converge into a single currency, uh, and also to achieve political confederation by political federation by also the same time. So when we, with this, they can't, they, they, Member states within that uh, integration uh, are, are closing their borders. Uh, this also makes uh, the issue of common market become a challenge because you are restricting the free flow of people, you're restricting the flow of goods, you are creating hostilities that cannot bring you to even discuss anything. And, uh, and uh, then we, then at the same time you meet and say we are together, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a community, it, it, it's just uh, hot air, I mean, to say, as, as, so, as to describe it, because you cannot be saying we are together, and in your actions, you, you, you are showing a lot of mistrust, because uh, Burundi was accusing Rwanda of uh, uh, keeping or, or giving refugee status to those people who uh, staged a coup there. Uh, Rwanda is accusing uh, Uganda of espionage. R Uganda, on the other side, is accusing Rwanda of keeping rebels. So uh, all these kind of accusations and counter-accusations are not working towards the uh, success of the regional integration. Yeah, and that some people, it's actually, it's actually the people that suffer in the long run because uh, the leaders may squabble, but the people have different agenda because recently, for instance, there was a confusion at the Kenya-Uganda border where truckers, uh, trucks were, couldn't move and then that led to the rise of the cost of uh, petrol in Uganda. Uh, these things uh, nearly seems to be cutting across the block, the whole block. Indeed, it is uh, because uh, when, when uh, when uh, this uh, happens, uh, even goods that are ferried across the borders are stuck, and this has a trickle-down effect on the people and the economy and even on the cost of living. And it's not only restricted to even Uganda and Rwanda. We saw that uh, at the height of uh, COVID-19 sometime early last year, uh, Tanzania had also the same kind of problems with Kenya. Uh, at some point, uh, Kenyan products were bad, even the flights into Tanzania uh, from Kenya was stopped just because of the, the usual kind of uh, tensions that are there 
that are exhibited by the leaders. And perhaps this also stems from the that uh, when we look, when we talk about the regional integration, uh, the people are, are not in it. They, they, it's not a people-centered initiative. Uh, hmm. The summit the, the is, is, is makes decisions without carrying the people along. So the people only come in when they are suffering because they're, they're directly the ones who suffer from this conflict. They're the ones who freely trade across the borders. So when they just up there it is them who feel the pinch so the people only come to feel the pinch and the pain from the decisions made by the by their leaders Asleman, uh, to Nelly's point there, indeed it's the people, because the people are virtually one people, because they, 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 they are people in Uganda, across the Uganda-Kenya border, who are the same people across the, both, both boundaries. And as when these measures are taken, it's the people, people's trade and welfare that suffers. Actually, what is happening in the region is that uh, apart from sharing the name the East African community. The East African community which collapsed in 1997 is far different from the East African community which was re-established in 1999. It is, it, the, the resemblance is only in symbolism. Otherwise, there is a lot of difference. One, as you have said, the people have got no problem. The people are related. The people would like open borders to move between the, 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 the countries all over East Africa, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Burundi, there is relation with even Southern Sudan. So the ordinary people have no problem. The, prob- the missing link there is the leadership. For 30 years, ever since there was a change of leadership in Uganda, when Museven came to power, then a branch of Kem Kagame, then we had in Kuroziza that side, there has been restlessness in the region. We can comfortably say we have never had leaders with the same vision. They are all different leaders. One of the aspects has been militarism. You find that Museven, Kagame, Kruzi, the one in Burundi, they are, we have got military leaders who, are, who, who have got a military mindset, while in the other countries like Kenya and Tanzania, we have got people who are civilian. So, first of all, on the, at the political level, there is no similarity. They are different. Poli- they are running different policies. They don't seem to understand one another. There seems to be egos. In the long run, their personal interests of sub- supersede the interests of their citizens. That is why there is restlessness all over, and that is why it is so difficult to settle them. As Nelly has said, one, once in a while you find borders closing between uh, Kenya and Tanzania. That one is because of maybe the different ambitions of the different leaders. But the, the ones of the militarism, the one of southern Sudan, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, that one, it has been a chronic problem of leaders themselves, but not people. And uh, Nelly, maybe to that, to that extent, the community can't integrate when you have divergent uh, governance uh, systems. As he, Suleiman points out, in some countries, uh, the leaders are everything. The leader that says everything, they are like monarchs. In others, you have to consult parliament, you have to do what, there's some checks and balances. Yeah, 
Uh, true, we have uh, different uh, systems of government, and, and perhaps uh, maybe we can just say we are at different levels of democracy in the region. Uh, we, we have, uh, we could be sharing the same systems, but uh, we have, uh, because of perhaps uh, other issues that are related to the how we achieved our independence, uh, the, how we got our first start economically, have affected how we operate. For instance, Kenya is going to be like a superpower within the region, and uh, even mm. uh, most of the trade and the, the exports are from Kenya into the region, into Uganda, into Tanzania, uh, things like fuel, manufacturing, uh, even even labor and uh, education. The, the, the Kenya seems to be having an advantage, and, and, and this has placed it in a way, in a place where the others, especially Tanzania, is not very comfortable with uh, the aggressiveness of how of Kenya. And uh, when we look at um, uh, Uganda, uh, it's landlocked and it has to rely on Kenya. It does not feel comfortable relying on Kenya for certain issues. So we see that all these have, have played in derailing uh, the success of the integration and efforts to have uh, a common market and even a common currency. I see. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Reporters Roundtable, and we're coming to you from The Voice of America in Washington. Tonight, we're looking at uh, East Africa integration and uh, recent uh, thawing of relations between Uganda and Rwanda. Our panelists are uh, Suleiman Mugula, an independent uh, political analyst in, based in Durban, South Africa, and Nelly Mora Nyangorora, a Nairobi-based independent journalist, and I'm your host, uh, Douglas Impuga, here in Washington. Uh, Suleiman uh, this uh, erratic uh, behavior among some of the leaders in the, on the continent, uh, yes. to, to, emphasize, not to, to, to re-emphasize the point, are not helping the people. Yes. For instance, there was a plan uh, that had been agreed, and Nelly will talk, speak to this one later, to have a, a, an oil pipeline from Uganda through Kenya to Mombasa. Mm. When there was a quarrel mm. between the two leaders, they diverted the pipeline to a longer route uh, to Dar es Salaam, mm. so through Tanzania. Those kinds of irrational decisions don't help the economies, do they? And that is precisely one of the problems which the people of East Africa are facing. They are being governed by different characters with different uh, policies, with different mindsets. In Uganda, you are talking of a pseudo-democracy or almost an an elected monarch. So it is so difficult for a monarch to deal with unelected leaders. The things in Uganda depend on one man, whereas in Kenya, it is a process through parliament, through certain levels of of governance systems. So it is very difficult when one has made an agreement with a monarch who sits on his own with his small team or with his family and decides on issue. So there are a lot of erratic decisions which are taken. It is not only the pipeline, but you, you also recall there was the issue of the, of the railway line, which also where they made agreement, uh, Kenya did its part, the Ugandan part has never been done up to now. So those are some of the things which is a problem of the leadership. So you find that there are lots of problems in the region which as regards the leadership. There is competition within 
the leaders themselves, they are of different nature, different backgrounds, political, social, and economic. And then you have got the difference in countries, as Neri has said, the, when they were restating them, they were on different economic and social development. So there is also that competition. You find one is far ahead, the other one. So they, 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 are, they, are not, they don't trust one another. Sometimes it is envy, sometimes it's just mere competition. So you'll find a lot of erratic decisions which are taken, which makes it very difficult to integrate this economy. In short, the, the integration of the community is there, is more in words than in practice. That is why you find most of the, thing, the things they do, there is forward and back movement, forward and back movement because of the different systems which are in the region. Uh, Nelly, to that point, uh, what do you t- what's your take? Uh, the people, the ones that are, they say when the elephants fight, the grass that suffers. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and and uh, taking it up from where I have left it, is that uh, you know that uh, the, the issue of that uh, rail line and oil pipeline, uh, President Kenyatta, when he took power in 2013, he was very excited and, and, and uh, wanted to have a, a link that will have the East Africa economy opened up, and, and he, he came up with this uh, thing called the coalition of the willing. Why that uh, failed is because Tanzania was not included, but Uganda and Rwanda and even South Sudan at some point were roped into this deal, and this line was to come from Mombasa and uh, come through uh, Kampala into Kigali and later to Juba and even find its way to DRC. So having that kind of uh, pipeline and, and, and rail line was going to be very uh, good at integrating because there was going to be a direct, uh, a, a direct uh, infrastructure that links the, 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 the countries within the, the, partner state, the member states. But because Magufuli was not involved, the late President Magufuli, or Tanzania to be precise, then that deal did not go through because Tanzania decided to entice Uganda with a cheaper deal and, and, and because uh, it, 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 because of Uganda again feeling that uh, perhaps this other deal of the Kenyan deal was a bit costly and with the usual tensions and mistrust it went to, uh, with the, with Tanzania and and and, you, and Rwanda also pulled out of the standard gauge railway so this kind of suspicion mistrust you agree on something, then you go back and start thinking and you, you reneged on it. So all this has, is working uh, against uh, opening up the East Africa economy. And in the long run, it affects the people in, in those members, member countries. Uh, Suleiman, earlier you referred to the difference in the old com- community and the, the current one. Maybe it was not a good idea to... To 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 th- talk of integrating the economies, uh, one passport, uh, single uh, the economies, and all that, without looking at the political leadership first, because now the each leader has his own policies and his own preferences and his own uh, likes and dislikes. In that situation, you can't integrate the others, the economy and others, when the leadership is opposed. Precisely, Douglas, and they are finding it very difficult to integrate, very difficult even 
to agree on the simplest on the simplest policy for example one stop border uh, policies they are even failing to to implement that one even accepting as we have said accepting free movement of goods and services they cannot they have got lots of non-tariff barriers it it was a mistake it it was premature they never looked at so many factors they should have looked at so many factors the level of development are the countries at par the 1977 um, east african community when they were starting it they were almost at par the political belief the political principles who were involved the Kenyatta, the the obote those were people the nyerere they were almost from the same stable you are now having apples and oranges you are having totally different people as nelly has said a president uhuru Kenyatta is a is a groomed politician is a career politician groomed brought up slowly he has grown up from the ranks of politics these ones are again men so it is so difficult to merge the two so you cannot have an integration not only that we have talked about the the railway we have talked about the 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 the, the, the oil pipeline remember there is also the, the 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 economic partnership agreement with the european union it has been there to, since 2014 where Europe wanted to make a, a, an economic partnership agreement with East Africa. Tanzania blocked it. Up to the present day, they have not ag- accepted to sign that agreement. And that agreement cannot take force because European Union wanted to, to make an agreement with the East African community as a block. So you find that almost on every factor which you look at, you find that the countries because of the difference in leadership, because of the difference in the political system, because of the difference in the policies, because of the difference in the level of development, you find that the countries have got little in common, but a lot in difference. That is why it is very, it will, it is very difficult to have an integration. And there is much doubt whether they can really have an integration. Uh, Nelly, to you too, because uh, without uh, harmonizing the uh, political governance of those individual countries, can we see the integration of the of the of the of the region? I, I highly doubt that that will be possible because one of the main undoings of this integration is that uh, the people have never been carried along. There is less citizen awareness about this East African community. Even its objectives are not known to the, mem- the people in those member countries. And when you leave people behind, then you will not be able to eliminate the uh, issues of nationalism. I'm a Kenyan first before I'm an East African. And when you have those kind of of feelings amongst the people, then it is going to be very hard even to achieve political integration. Uh, Suleiman, the South African regional bloc compared to others like Sadak, like ECOWAS in West Africa, has been more more important than them because at least those other ones, there's something that they try at least to work as a group and even solve some political issues. For instance, ECOWAS has been trying. That can't happen in the South African region. The the militarism cannot allow the East African region to to, to integrate. 
militarism and the competition and the, uh, the pseudo-nationalism which uh, uh, Nelly is talking about that uh, Tanzania for example seems to be alone uh, it has got its own policies it is so uh, specific it knows what it wants and how it wants it Kenya is more advanced is a big brother and the others feel Kenya is throwing its weight around the others are military men they, they are leaders by accident they do what they want they are monarchs they are they don't have any rules they don't follow any rules they follow their hearts they do what they want as a result their economy are in a in, in autopilot so the, you you cannot compare the economy of uganda with that one of of kenya so how do you integrate two economies where you have got an autopiloted economy with an economy which is well built which is well planned which has got system which are working they may have faults they may have their problems but they are not as endemic as the ones in those militaristic and the monarchy uh, governments in the other part of the of the region of the of the of the of the of the of the, of the space so there is no way and it is growing harder and harder the last part which is going to be a problem that soon now president uhuru Shinyata is going away we are going to get a new leader on the block so we don't know who is going to come in kenya and he will come also he will be another person then the characters we don't know whether the characters will fit into the other characters if he's repulsive then it will even become worse for the region so there is little there is little to expect from the region compared to other regions we have managed to have some successes this one is a dead it is a sick a sick man of africa are you saying this community arrangement will, will follow the example of the last one that collapsed very briefly Suleiman. no doubt about it. it it has to corrupt actually for this one it collapsed a, <laughs> a long time ago it is only existing by the emotionalism of the people otherwise mm -hmm. the 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 community as a functional institution it is not there uh, so nelly nelly your last last word uh, do you see any future in this one this community community or what what's your take I, I feel like there's no deliberate commitment towards uh, any of those protocols that uh, they have agreed on. And uh, even the fact that many of these member states belong to other member regional groupings like SADC, COMESA, IGAD, and uh, even uh, ICGRR, that is the International Conference of Great Lakes Region Conference. So all uh, this multi uh, multiple membership and, and their actions and the, this border, the continuous border issues, border conflict, uh, are, are all signs that uh, no one is really committed. Uh, they could just be having an integration on paper, but they're not really keen on uniting and having a common currency or coming together in towards or working towards that political federation. All the signs are that they're working against it. So, in short, you are saying it may in soon that that committee may cease to exist. It may exist. Yeah, there is no political will. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
it will not achieve it will not achieve the, the, the milestones it, it seeks to achieve next year that I is see. political federation and a common currency by 2023 I because see. all the signs are there that they are not working towards those efforts i see well unfortunately we're out of time we'll keep revisiting the region to see what goes on there and that wraps up this edition of reporters roundtable thanks to my to uh, my panelists suleiman mugula an independent political analyst based in south africa uh suleiman thanks very much for being on the show Thank you very much for inviting me. And thank you, Nelly Mora Nyangorora, Kenyan independent journalist who joined us from Nairobi, Kenya. Nelly, thanks as usual. It's a pleasure. You're very much welcome. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Reporters Roundtable. A reminder, you can access the program by going to our main website. And until next week, I'm your host, Douglas Simpuga, wishing you all the best. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Coming up, a conversation with Lauren Speranza, an analyst at the Center for European Policy Analysis. She will analyze the results of meetings among NATO and G7 allies in Brussels and their efforts to widen sanctions and coordinate defensive and humanitarian activities to thwart Russia's unprovoked aggression in Ukraine. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and a panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including U.S. President Joe Biden warned of the potential for Russia to carry out cyber attacks against U.S. interests or deploy biological or chemical weapons in Ukraine as Russia's Ukrainian invasion nears the one-month point. Join us for Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America.